if lifestyle is medicine, which I know we believe, what dose do we take? You know, <laughs> how often do we take this? Are there any shortcuts? You know, when will I expect to see a result? Um, how hard do I have to work to achieve a result? How can I make this something that becomes part of my life? Einstein said that play is the highest form of research. You're more creative, you're more likely to ask questions, you're less likely to accept the status quo. You're constantly thinking about how the world could be different. When you're in that state, that flow-based state, there is something like 50% of, of genes that are expressed through physical activity. There's an epigenetic change based on the, just based on the fact that play is involved. Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body Mind Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Seem Lund, and our guest today is Daryl Edwards. Daryl is a movement coach, natural lifestyle educator, nutritionist, and creator of the Primal Play Method. He's an author, speaker, and owner of the website primalplay.com. Daryl, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks very much for, for the invitation. Yeah, can, can you like, uh, let's maybe start off by you giving a brief kind of backstory about uh, what you do and uh, how did you end up here? <laughs> okay, yeah, so I suppose it starts, best to start with my background. So I used to work for, uh, within investment banking as a technologist. So I was a computer programmer, uh, a solutions architect, and I built systems to make banks lots of money. Mm. And the benefit of that was it was a very lucrative career, but I was working pretty much every hour available. So 16, 18 hour days were normal, seven mm. days a week. And I suffered the consequences in terms of my health. So financially, very wealthy, but very poor in terms of my health. And that was manifested by being diagnosed as a pre-diabetic. Mm. I had uh, elevated risk of cardiovascular disease. And I was also very hypertensive, so had very high blood pressure. And the recommendation by my doctor at the time was to take statins for my cholesterol issues, to, to take beta blockers for my blood pressure, and to take metformin for my uh, blood glucose control. So I was really concerned at having that cocktail of medication at a relatively young age mm. and, and felt as if that was going to be that was going to be for me until the end of my days. You know, what about the side effects? Mm. Um, why do I need to, have to be on these meds for, for the rest of my life? Well, Daryl, if you don't take these meds, you're likely to get worse. Uh, and that means you could die a lot younger than you should. So, um, so when you're faced with that and you feel like you have no options at all, um, you know, it, I, I, I was at a loss, to be honest, uh, until I recognized that at least one of those issues, the high blood pressure, I could probably manage myself. So I read, remember reading some research that high blood pressure could be controlled through physical activity. And I was very, very sedentary. I was pretty much sitting at my desk, almost sleeping at my desk. I mean, <laughs> you know, that was my life. Mm. So I thought, well, let me try doing some exercise and let's see if I can at least change that. Um, but not only did they, that change, but also my blood glucose, I was no longer pre-diabetic after exercising. And um, so I started to see some health benefits 
without taking medication. And that led me to further research. And that made me to start thinking about what should I do in terms of my diet to support my physical activity. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of that transformation from poor health to better health. And after several years working within banking and recognizing that my passion had changed, that I wanted to help people navigate dealing with chronic lifestyle disease, uh, I wanted to be better educated and better informed. And I wanted to pass on this information to then, you know, to become my clients, right. for those individuals to become my clients. I realized I needed a shift. And that shift became me starting to blog as the fitness explorer. And I wanted to document how I was getting on on that journey. Uh, and then thinking, let me find a way of making movement more fun. Mm -hmm. So exercise is something that was very difficult for me to maintain a love affair with. So play and natural primal movement was my way of making it more exciting, making it more childlike, making it more mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. And so that was a eureka moment where I said, I'm not, now I know what my destiny is within the health landscape. It's primal play. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, it, it is uh, quite interesting that uh, uh, the kind of initial response of the doctors is to kind of prescribe a lot of pills and uh, medications and not address yes. the actual underlying cause, which is like lifestyle and diet and exercise and such. How, how old yes. were you back then, then? I was in my mid 30s then. Okay. And, and so it was about 15, just over 15 years ago. And, and so, you know, think to myself, well, this shouldn't be happening in my 30s for one. You know, like, aren't I too, surely I'm too young for this. And I remember the doctor telling me that, well, look, you've got, you know, family relatives, close family relatives who are suffering from high blood pressure, mm -hmm. who have diabetes. This is just something that's happening to you a bit earlier than you expected, but it's, it's going to happen. You know, so there was an inevitability about what my doctor told me. Mm -hmm. And if I was in his position, I probably would have said exactly the same thing. Like, you know, look, we can address this now. Here's a prescription. Go to the chemist. Get these drugs. Mm -hmm. They will help you today, you mm -hmm. know. And to be honest, if I wasn't scared of the side effects of the, of the meds, I would, have, I would have taken the drugs. Yeah. I mean, I, wouldn't, I didn't question taking the drugs. I didn't question um, if lifestyle could fix me. What I questioned was, uh, it was almost cowardice, like, you know, oh my goodness, I'm so scared of the side effects. I'm probably going to be the person who suffers the most mm. from taking these pills. And that's the only reason I said no. Right. I, I didn't know enough about the science. I didn't know, know enough about lifestyle medicine or education to, to, to challenge my doctor. Mm -hmm. I just knew that maybe there's an alternative and maybe if I exercise, I can probably take less drugs. You know, maybe there's, there'll be a lower dose I can take. So that was my initial, the initial reason for venturing that way mm -hmm. until I realized, oh, oh my goodness, all of these issues that I have, I could probably tackle and deal with without any medication. Yeah. Um, but trust me, my doctor was very closely engaged you know, I, I was like, look, doctor, please monitor me going forward. Yeah, if this is really dangerous, what I'm doing, let me give me a, you know, give me an early warning. Mm -hmm. And so my doctor was, my, my doctor was very responsible because my doctor said to me, Daryl, I will closely monitor you. 
I will do my own research to see that if what you're doing is actually going to be a benefit to you. And if there are any detrimental changes, then we're, you're going to have to go on the meds. I mean, that's basically what he said to me. So I was thankful that he, he didn't just tell me to leave the office and, <laughs> you know, what are you, you're crazy, Dal, what do you think you're doing? He was like, you know, there may be some benefit, but I want to be, I want to supervise this. And, and I'm thankful for that because it made me even more interesting, interested in, it, in the testing that was being done. You know, why are you taking these blood tests? What do these blood tests mean? You know, how do we know there's going to be an improvement for me? Mm. So I, I'm thankful my, my, that my doctor was, was open to discussion mm. and that it wasn't combative. You know, we didn't have a battle in, in the surgery. You know, it was very much a, a conversation, a collaboration. And fortunately for me, my health improved, but also my doctor's views changed as well. So he became more interested in physical activity, in diet mm. uh, inter interventions for his patients as well. Yeah. So, so I think sometimes we, we, we prefer to have that, you know, confrontational approach sometimes, you know, we know everything and the, you know, Western medicine knows nothing. Whereas actually I think that collaboration is more beneficial because it certainly got me interested in what I could do to improve my health. And also I had the kind of the backup of somebody who knew the science more than I, you know, I didn't know any of the science. Mm -hmm. So I wanted somebody who could say, Daryl, that's right. Well, where did you find this paper? You know, can you forward that on to me so I can double check it? This is really interesting. Actually, Daryl, let me send you some research papers, <laughs> you know, to give you an alternative point of view, you know. Uh, and um, so, yeah, that, that curiosity that I had and that discussion that I had with my doctor led to where I am now. And so 15 plus years on from there, I haven't had to take any medication to address those issues. Uh, my health markers are still great. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm still healthy, full of vitality. And I know I'm in a much better position now because not only was I able to take charge of my own health, but I'm also, I also know enough to be able to navigate and help people navigate their own health journeys too. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the most valuable aspect of what of my health journey, my transformation, is the fact that I can help people who sometimes struggle with all of the information out there, you know, all the ambiguity mm -hmm. out there. Right. You know, what do I do? What's going to be the most useful for me? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, what if lifestyle is medicine, which I know we believe, what dose do we take? You know, <laughs> how often do we take this? Mm. Uh, are there any shortcuts? You know, when will I expect to see a result? You know, um, how hard do I have to work to achieve a result? How can I make this something that becomes part of my life mm -hmm. so that five years on from now, I can still see you know, health gains and, and improvements to my health? Mm -hmm. How can I share this with my friends and family without sounding like somebody who's trying to convert them <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to this lifestyle? Yeah. Uh, how can I keep my friends so my friends don't think, think I'm, um, I've gone crazy, you know? Mm. So, uh, so yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting time mm. and, uh, yeah, I'm fortunate to be in, in, in this position. Yeah. It's like, uh, most people don't do their own research. They'll say they only listen to what the doctors tell them. And uh, at the same time, they also kind of accept they're kind of what the, they, they accept the cards they've been dealt with, whether that be from genetics or some other, you know, predispositions 
uh, about their health. So yeah, like you, you, having certain genes doesn't necessarily mean that you have to suffer from them. Like epigenetics means that you can kind of dictate whether or not those genes get expressed based on the environment you create yourself or the, yes. the environment you surround yourself with. So yeah, like the yes. lifestyle, lifestyle medicine is probably what the best place everyone should educate themselves about and kind of that's the place to start off from as well. Yes, for sure. I mean, I mean, we know 70 to 80% of modern lifestyle disease, mm. chronic lifestyle disease, is based on our environment. It's based on our lifestyle choices. It's based on our behaviors. It's mm. based on the toxins that we, we unfortunately are surrounded, surrounded mm. by. Um, and now more and more people are starting to realize this, mm. that what we eat is medicine or can be detrimental to us. Uh, you know, if we're sedentary, uh, that's not a helpful position to be in. You know, if we're sleep deprived, we suffer. If we're chronically, chronically stressed, we suffer. Um, so I think it, it's, it's, it's a great place to be now because we're aware that it's not what we were dealt with in terms of our genes that we have to be so concerned about for many of us. Uh, it's how we live our lives. It's the choices that we make day to day. And those choices are compounded so it's not as if, you know, one day, you know, 15 years ago, I decided to have a drink of alcohol or, or I, I smoked one cigarette and that's it. You know, my whole life is ruined. No, if I continue to smoke and I smoke for 10, 20, 30 years and I smoke heavily, I should expect there to be detrimental impact to my health. If I drink and I drink to excess on a regular basis, if I have sleepless nights and insomnia, for, for, for decades, for weeks, for, for months, for years, you know. So it's, it's this accumulation of unhealthy choices or an environment which is often unhealthy that we have no control over. You know, not all of this can we control, unfortunately, in the 21st century. But what we can control um, is, is, is a significant amount of mechanisms that can lead to better health. Mm -hmm. So I can make decisions about what I eat most of the time. I can make a decision not to be sedentary most of the time. You know, I can decide I won't set, spend most of my time in a, an environment where people are smoking. You know, um, I can choose not to drink, which is, what I, which is what I do. I don't drink alcohol. So there are certain things that I have control over. And knowing that is very powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 yeah. it, gives, uh, it gives you hope. Um, but not a false hope. I don't expect that I will never have a health issue ever just because I'm living this lifestyle. But what I do know for sure is that I'm reducing my risk significantly by living this lifestyle. I also know that I'll be in the strongest position possible if something does, you know, something does go wrong with my health. At least I know I'll be in a better position uh, than if I just let you know, let things just go by chance. It also like puts the responsibility on you, so to say, that you already know that uh, there are so many things you can do. And uh, if you do suffer from some sort of a negative outcome, then it's the only, the only person to blame is yourself, so to say, because you didn't take enough like preventive measures. <laughs> because like most, the, the, to a certain extent, we can all control uh, these things that we've been talking about. Yes, yes, we have, you know, what we can control, that's where we should feel, that's where we should feel a sense of responsibility. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, um, and you know, there are things we can't control. I mean, I live, mm -hmm. I live in a big city. I live in London. So, I've, you know, I'm surrounded. It's a very polluted city. 
Mm. Of course, I could decide <laughs> to live elsewhere. I mean, you know, I, ha- I, have, I have that choice. Um, but in some respects, the, the, the convenience and the benefits of living in a big city are more important to me. So, you know, so in some respects, I don't necessarily have all of the choices that I would like. You know, I wouldn't want to live in the Himalayas, even if the air quality is far more purer there mm. than it is here in London. Um, so, you know, I think we have to have, we have to be, feel at peace mm. about the decisions we make. So, you know, for example, some people I know who, who eat a flawless diet, you know, a hundred percent strict, depending on what their viewpoint is around their diet. Mm-hmm. But some of them are so miserable, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they almost hate the decisions that they're making, yeah. you know, like, but they can say, oh, well, my diet is pure and clean. Mm. But I mean, there's no joy in, in, in terms of their eating choices. You know, they can't commune. They can't have communion with their friends because mm-hmm. they're too judgmental about whatever people are eating, you know? Right. So, so I don't want to be neurotic about this. I'm not a monk. And, and, and I don't feel as if I can, I will always make the best decisions. Mm-hmm. But what I do know is that I can make far better decisions that I made, you know, for, for many years that got me to where I was. And my doctor said, sorry, Daryl, the only thing you can do, Mr. Edwards, is take these meds. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't inevitable, like my doctor said. He told me, if you don't take these meds, you probably won't be alive in 10 years. That's what he said to me. You probably have a stroke, have a heart attack. You, you'll definitely be full-blown diabetic. You know, you know what that means, don't you, Daryl? Uh, what does that mean? You know, you can lose your sight, you know, amputation. Like, what, what, what? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so he gave me the, the worst-case scenario mm-hmm. of what could happen. Oh, you know what? With your blood pressure, yeah, probably a stroke, aneurysms. Uh, with your cholesterol, Daryl, that means a heart attack. Oh, my goodness, really? In my 40s, can that happen? Yes, it can happen. And... I had, there were people around me, unfortunately, where I was working, who literally you saw them on the Friday afternoon, you said goodbye, and they didn't arrive on Monday morning. You know, it, it was like, oh, did you hear about Jim? He had a heart attack. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, the weekend. How, wasn't he like wow. 42? Yeah, he's only 42. So, so there were people around me in, in the working environment who were dying uh, very young, Mm-hmm. well before their time and 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 i know that they lifestyle it was their lifestyle that played a significant part in, in that so i was like you know what i if i can do anything about this to ensure that isn't me let's give this a try hmm. what what exactly did you do then like uh, what kind of lifestyle changes did you implement well i i became a member of a gym <laughs> and i was religiously I mean, I booked out, I literally booked out time in my calendar to go to the gym daily. Mm. Um, I started commuting by bike mm. to, to, to work. So I was riding my bike for maybe, I don't know, 25 kilometers a day. So the mm. 15 miles or so a day, uh, I was commuting by bike. I, I started to do things like taking the stairs rather than using the, the elevators or the escalators. So, you know, mm. I became much more active. And I started to, to lean out and I started to get really good blood test results. So all, all of my health markers that were being tracked were improving. You know, my inflammation, uh, you know, inflammation levels are coming down. My blood glucose was normalized. My blood pressure 
was optimized. You know, it was like miraculous what, what happened. Mm. And I, I didn't make many changes to my diet at that point because I didn't really know what diet I should be on. I tried calorie restriction for a while and I became so like gaunt. I mean, I looked like a human right. skeleton. I mean, I, li- <laughs> I lost so much weight, especially with all the activity that I was doing. Yeah. I mean, I lost, lots, I lost so much weight. I, wasn't, I didn't look very healthy. So I was like, maybe calorie restriction is not for me. Um, then I tried something called the zone diet. Mm-hmm. So the zone diet was very popular in the 90s as a, as a f- fairly low-carb diet. Low-carb, relatively high-protein, moderate fat diet but it was it was very analytical like you had to literally have 40 percent of one macronutrient 30 percent of another 30 percent of another Mm. and if you if that balance if there was an imbalance the diet wouldn't work (laughs) so i literally was counting and weighing and measuring all of my food like i could have nine almonds but not (laughs) ten i mean it was that it was that new i was that neurotic about it and um and it was certainly an improvement over calorie restriction. But then I, I just got overly, you know, I was waking up in the morning thinking, oh my goodness, should, did I have, you know, was it really nine or is it 10 that I should be having of the almonds? And, you know, is it 120 grams of the steak or is it, or is it 115? I can't, oh, you know, right. it's just too, conf- too confusing. So then I encountered the, the paleo diet. Somebody had a conversation with me and said, oh, Daryl, there's this, there's this diet which is pretty similar to the zone, but you don't have to weigh and measure your food. Mm-hmm. And it, the emphasis is on the quality of the food. And that quality of the food is based on what our ancestors ate. And I'm like, like really? Like cave, you know, what's this caveman diet? What, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I had Lauren Cordain's book on my bookshelf for a couple of years and I, I hadn't read it. But I read it and decided this is something that I could I could get to grips with. Mm. Uh, and I remember in the book, they spoke about the importance of our genes being shaped by the environment that we were in. And mm. part of that shaping of our environment was movement, you know, was being a hunter-gatherer, hunting and sourcing your food was part of that expression. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made sense to me. I was like, yeah, movement was a big part of their, of their day obtaining the right types of food was a part of their day and agriculture wasn't part of their a significant part of their food source of food so ding it was like wow this just this just sounds incredible and i started paleo so and i've been living and eating a paleo way for for pretty much that period of time and i haven't really shifted my dietary templates at all since since then so i've managed to kind of maintain that I know there've been lots of kind of shifts within that time and different points of view, but I, I found what worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, you know, I, I probably changed my approach to movement because I was getting injured. I started to hate what I was doing in the gym. I realized that I didn't want to just be in the gym. I wanted to be outdoors more. I decided I wanted to be interact with, with movement with other people more. So I was like, you know, I want to I wanna play more. That's, that's what I kind of realized. I was like, this is boring. You know, I, I'm, I'm coming from my desk at work, going into the gym. I'm isolated. I'm stressed out because I want to do the best that I can with my workout. And when I left the gym, I was still stressed. I didn't feel, I felt good that I did the workout, but I can't say that I felt great here mentally. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I still felt like I was about to explode. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I just felt so pumped up all the time mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and still and, and kind of anxious and, you know, working out what I had to do next. You know, what else could I do? How could I improve my workout? How could I improve my, my handstand? It's not good enough. And I can only do 25 pull-ups and I need to do 30. You know, that's the benchmark. And, yeah. you know, I can do pull-ups, but now I need to do ring pull-ups and muscle-ups. And, yeah. you know, so I was constantly trying to improve myself physically, but there was no joy. Mm-hmm. I lost that enjoyment of, that I had in the beginning. So, so yeah, so, so my so, dietary change so that's made like me the, think. So that's like the primal play method then? Yes, put- that's how the primal play evolved. It kind of it came from that paleo, you know, our natural requirement to move. You know, what, how important is movement for the human species? That was the question that I asked. Uh, and, and part of that was what the evolutionary biology said about how our genes are expressed through movement, mm-hmm. how, our, how our survival was based on movement, um, how our ability to obtain food was based on movement. You know, we weren't sedentary individuals. Right. So even if we had a perfect diet available to us, like on a plate, which a lot of us can do now, a click of a button, we can, we can order our food, have it prepared for us, delivered to us. Uh, there's something missing, which is what our body has to do to order to make the best of that food, mm-hmm. you know, to repair ourselves, to make us ready to be able to go out the next day or the following day to, to get food. You know, what can we do if we're not successful from our hunt? You know, we may need to fast for a bit because food wasn't always plentiful. So there are all these mechanisms that are part of our evolution, which I feel we can utilize in the 21st century, even though we're no longer living in the savannah of Africa. You know, mm-hmm. um, we can still utilize the best of the past and blend that with the best of the present. Right. And so yeah. play is a part of that too. Yeah, it is. It's, it's an interesting point, so to say, that... Uh, movement is or like let's say complex movement of uh, first of all maybe having this sort of a different cap- capability to you know throw spears or climb trees or uh, I don't know navigate the complex la- landscape that those are all like these very uh, different kinds of movement patterns that a human species had to adopt than to simply I don't know uh, uh, lift weights or something like that like th- th- there is like this something some sort of a hidden kind of a cognitive improvement as well you you will experience if you try try to practice these more complex movement patterns that require more than just pure strength or pure endurance so to say yes i mean that's a really good point and and with my with primal play and with my book animal moves and, and the like i i explore that idea mm. of where where does the human being sit within the animal kingdom uh with the with the kind of scope of movement possibilities and capabilities and if you compare us with the rest of the animal kingdom for example if i compare myself to a cheetah i am i am very slow in comparison to the top speed of a cheetah um usain bolt is much slower than a camel for example i mean you know even a wild sheep can outrun usain bolt that gives you an idea of how slow we are when it comes to in terms of sprinting you know, we can't climb as well as monkeys. We can't jump very far. Even when you think about absolute strength, some ants can lift up to a thousand times their body weight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of size to strength ratio 
mm-hmm. or to power ratio. I mean, we're, we're pretty poor in comparison yeah, to really. specialists in the animal kingdom. But in terms of our ability to do all of those moving patterns, so we can sprint, we can run, we can walk great distances, we can crawl, we can lift and carry, we can jump. You know, there's all these things that we can do, uh, but many of us don't choose to do them with our fitness programs. Mm-hmm. We pick one or two moving patterns and we say, right, I'm going to get really, really strong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deadlift and I want to do two and a half times my body weight deadlift. Okay. I want to climb so you know or simulate climbing so i'll do lots of pull-ups you know like um i want to test my balance so i'm going to stand upside down walk on my hands and and that's my way of dealing with balance say or you know mm-hmm. whatever it may be but our true gift is the ability to be able to be a jack of all trades mm-hmm. to be average mm-hmm. at all of these different movement patterns and that improves our ability to interact with our environment. So with my movement now, my movement program from a play, that's what I explore. I explore what our bodies are capable of, which means I don't want to spend too much time in one domain. Right. I want to be just as strong as I need to be to do whatever I need to do. I want to be as fast as I can to get away from danger. I want to be able to pick up my friend if they're injured. I want to be able to run great distances if I have to. You know, I want to be able to have great balance if I'm on an unsteady surface. I want to be able to crawl if I need to because I may not be always be able to rely on walking. You know, if there's a fire in a building, you've got to get low to the ground to avoid the smoke, right? right. Some people would struggle crawling on their hands and knees. I mean, you know, they wouldn't have the coordination, wouldn't be able to stay low enough, wouldn't have the core strength to be able to support their body weight. It, it sounds... Uh, melodramatic but the times where we need these movement patterns we don't want to wait until we need them to realize oh my gosh i can't do this you know so i'd rather prepare myself uh, in in many respects to be more functional to be more practical more more adaptable so to say that more adaptable yes more adaptable and it's also more enjoyable too i I feel you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah like uh, it's it's like uh, the 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 kind of the phenomenon of specialization in sports whether that be like powerlifting or uh, gymnastics or uh, like ultra ultra ironman and such they're like privileges in in the of the modern society you wouldn't be able to survive just by being very strong or just by being very enduring in nature so to say in nature you would have to have like a very adaptable body and kind yes. of be be like you said the jack of all trades and be mediocre in almost everything Yes, yes, that's, that's exactly right. You know, very average across the board. Uh, but it means that you're, you're able to, to adapt. You're able to make the most of the environment that you're in. And that's what enabled us to kind of explore the world. Right. You know, that, 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 that ability to say, oh my goodness, I'm now in a different region. There's a different terrain. Mm. We didn't say, oh, well, that's it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like... Let's just give up now. It was yeah. like, no, no, no. We can, we, can, we can move in a different way based on this landscape. We can move from somewhere which is really harsh to somewhere that is more, more plentiful, plentiful a food source. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can carry my child whilst I'm gathering food you know, mm-hmm. all day. You know, we, were, we were built to, to be able to do this. We were built to be able to be efficient at walking great distances. We were nomadic. Mm-hmm. We weren't designed to be stationary, stationary or sedentary. So, so all of that is really important in the 21st century. When you think about how, how 
static <laughs> we are now, yeah. how motionless we are now, because our environment provides locomotion, locomotion to us. You know, mm -hmm. I don't need, I don't need to walk. I can take transportation that will do that effort for me. You know, I can take, I don't need to take stairs. I can take a lift. Okay. I don't need to prepare my food. I can click a button. You know, I don't need to come to Estonia to have a chat with you, right? <laughs> we yeah. can, we can, you know, we can socialize with the power of the internet. Mm -hmm. And of course I, I, I enjoy, we have the benefits of using this technology, but we need to realize that there is a cost at all of the wonders of the 21st century. The cost of relying on this technology means I can just sit in my armchair and do everything that I need. Don't need to, don't need to get out of my chair. Mm -hmm. I can do pretty much everything that I need to. I can survive based on the comforts of technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't have to be that the average or the level of average, like you said, it's like a low level of average. The, the level can be still like a significantly high level of average. Uh, but it's it's or the mediocrity can still be high, but it's balanced out, yes. so to say. It's not one direction, or it's yeah, it's it's like a kind of balanced out with all the different uh, aspects of movement and exercise. Uh, but you mentioned also like the play, so that's like one of those things that I think most conventional fitness routines don't even have considered ever. <laughs> uh, most of them are simply prioritized around specific training goals and such, and they rarely ever implement the idea of play and you know having fun with it so how do you mm. kind of reconcile that or how do you implement that into your uh, method yeah so i mean one was purely just about enjoyment you know how when can i remember the last time in my life where i really enjoyed movement mm -hmm. like literally the whole day where i could say movement is just so much fun and that's when i was a kid so my childhood the majority of my childhood was, was spent outdoors playing. That, that was it, especially during the summer. Mm -hmm. Summer was just one, two or three months of playtime. Right? Yeah. And the only thing that would stop playtime was having to get some food or your parents saying, get back inside. Right? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's too late now. You have to get in. That mm -hmm. was the only interruption to play when I was a kid. And so when I became an adult and thought about, okay, I need to be, get more physically active, it, it was only about working out. That's all. This, the only solution I had was work yeah. hard, no pain, no gain. If you're not like, if you don't feel as if you're about to die after your workout, it's not effective. <laughs> you know, if you're not training like an athlete, yeah. then you're a bit of a, a wuss, right? You know, like, what, what, are you, what are you playing at? Why are you wasting your time? <laughs> um, so, so I was like, there must be another way where I can still achieve really good physical fitness, physical function, physical capability, mm. but not feeling as if I'm just beating myself up every day. Um, you know, not looking forward to the, my gym session mm. where I only enjoy the end result. You know, I want to enjoy the process. Mm. So play was, was basically the realization for me. And when you look at hunter-gatherer tribes, one of the things that they do, once they've got their you know, the kind of Maslow hierarchy of, of must-have needs out of the way. You know, they've got their food, they've got their shelter, you know, they're in a healthy environment. One of the things that they do is they continue to play. Right. And that play can take many forms, whether it's dancing, whether it's like, um, you know, competition. 
plays a significant part of their lives. And it's something that they do, which is optional. You know, they don't say, oh, you know what, we don't have enough, we've burnt too many calories. So maybe we should conserve our energy and not, not do anything that's going to exert ourselves. No, they decide, hey, who cares? Let's spend some time having fun. Let's spend some time playing. Let's spend some time playing that's intergenerational, you know, with our kids, with the elders. Let's have some fun. And mm -hmm. so that's what I wanted for my movement practice yeah. was to incorporate with play. And just like I didn't know anything about the play, play theory or play research, when you look into it, you see that there are a significant amount of benefits that come from this playful state, which doesn't come from work. Mm. So one example is a, a quote that comes from Einstein. Einstein said that play is the highest form of research. That's one of the quotes that are attributed to Einstein. And, and I was like, I don't, what, what does he mean by that exactly? So that play approach to research means you're more creative, you're more likely to ask questions, you're less likely to accept the status quo. Mm. You're constantly thinking about how the world could be different from what it is now. Mm -hmm. And when you're in that state, that flow-based state, there is something like 50% of, of genes that are expressed through physical activity. Uh, there's an epigenetic change wow. based on the, just based on the fact that play is involved. Mm. which is really interesting. So, so those genes are not affected through physical activity alone. Once play is a part of that, you have an additional, uh, additional gene expression of, of healthy transcription of the genes based on being in a play-like state, which is, which is significant. Mm -hmm. So that, for me, makes me realize there's a cognitive benefit, there's a physical benefit. You're less likely to have a stress response, which is adverse. You know, you're not going to be chronically stressed. You'll be acutely stressed, which is going to make you more focused, mm -hmm. um, you know, make you more aware of your environment, make you aware that the, the end result is not what it's all about, but being in the moment. So you're more mindful naturally. You don't have to listen to Enya and, and be in a darkened room. You know, you can still be really pushing yourself, but still be really engaged. Mm -hmm. So there are so many benefits that we just don't appreciate as much as we should. You know, especially as adults, we say, Play is for kids. Play is not that important now as an adult. Uh, but look at some of the leading tech organizations. You know, they, they have really um, embraced play as part of their work life. You know, Google and, and all, all those kind of uh, uh, Silicon Valley organizations, play is a big part of their day because they recognize there's less burnout for their employees. The employees are more creative. They generate more ideas and they're more likely to want to come to work. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> so it motivates, yeah. it motivates their staff. Um, um, and so, yeah, I want to, I want to ensure that when I'm working out, I'm actually playing out, hmm. you know, I mean, even the word working out the word, what even just our choice of words work, mm -hmm. yeah. work is something we do because we have no choice in the matter. If you said to most people on the planet, if you could give up work tomorrow and have the same lifestyle you have now, or, or you know, the ideal lifestyle you have in terms of financial security, if you could have that and not work, most people on the planet would say, hell yes, <laughs> just, I'll just have that money, I'll do whatever I want to do, I won't spend another day going to work or working for myself. Because work is something you have to do. Play is something that you want to do. 
you choose to do. Mm. So even working out is something that I'm, I, I'm afraid of, that expression. But playing out, that's what I did as a kid. And that's what I do now as an adult. And even working out, like, when do you really see people working out? They're normally working in, right? They're, you know, they're normally indoors, boxed room, right. climate controlled, air conditioned, wearing the right type of gear, you know, interacting yeah. with certain types of equipment to, to kind of almost uh, trap you into a certain type of movement. Mm. Whereas playing out is about freedom. It's about the world being your gym. Your, mm. the world being your playground yeah. so it's much more open a concept and i mean i could talk about this forever but for me i feel that play is a superset of work play <laughs> is actually a more interesting environment but it's a more serious one actually it isn't just about the fun mm -hmm. um, it's actually allows you to fully explore what your body is capable of what your body is capable of within the environment that you're in mm -hmm. so i can have the best play out possible in my living room in my local park um the gym for me is just restriction that's mm -hmm. all i see if i go to a gym it it, it, it sets me up to only work in a particular way right. whereas the great outdoors if i see a bus shelter i'm like oh wow what could i do with that bus shelter i can do pull-ups i can jump up i can climb across it i can bear crawl across it i can jump down i can you know, mm. like there's all these there's all these things that I can think about doing on, on just that one bus shelter. You know, I can pretend to push it over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can sprint. If the bus is coming, I can, I can race the bus, right. you know, I can, you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like, my mind is alive with, with, with adoration for the world around me. Mm. And, uh, and I think more of us, whatever we do when it comes to physical activity, if more of us actually incorporated a bit more play, um, more of us would be exercising more frequently. Mm -hmm. you know, more gyms would have full memberships that are being used rather than just being used for the first few weeks of January. And then you don't see them for the rest of the <laughs> yeah, yeah. year, you know? So, so yeah, that, that's why I feel play is a really good additional intervention to lifestyle, a, a healthy lifestyle, yeah. you know, because if there's no joy, um, that can be a miserable life. If you have no joy in your life, but you're doing all of the right things, mm. that's not a life that I want. You know, mm. I want a joyous life doing the right things. That's the best option. I don't want to enjoy my life not doing, making the right choices because then I'll, I'll just be sick yeah. with a smile on my face. <laughs> that's, that's not what I want either. So yeah. if I can be healthy and joyful and enjoy the company that I'm with, that's a win-win-win. Yeah, it is so true that the people tend to, or they kind of think that it has to be kind of, uh, you know, slow and a very grueling process, so to say, of working out and staying healthy and whatever or not. Uh, but in reality, you, you can get the best of both worlds if you incorporate the play and if you do, if you do like have some sort of spontaneity into your exercise and such as well. But mm. how, how does your maybe, like, let's say, an average workout, <laughs> how does your average, <laughs> let's say, play-out session look like then? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, um, if I want some structure, then I tend to follow the programs that I have, say, in my book. Mm. So I have, a, I have a book called Animal Moves. I have online training courses. Um, and, and if I want a structure, if I want something that I can follow methodically, then that would probably be what I would do. 
you know, okay, I want to have a strength day. I want to have a, an endurance day. I want to have a high intensity interval training day. You know, if I want to think conventionally, that's one approach. Mm-hmm. Another approach I have is I have a series of fitness cards called the animal moves deck. And so spontaneity, random approach to movement is also really important to me. So I just have this deck of cards. I'm like, what am I going to do today? I've got 10 minutes, shuffle the, shuffle the pack of cards. There's my play out of today. Um, if I want to be even more pushing the, the boundaries, which is where I have the most fun, I literally will go outside and I will have no idea what I'm going to do next. I will just assess how I feel, what's around me. So for example, let's say I walk outside, I live on a, quite a, a busy street, I bump into you. Um, my greeting to you would probably be some sort of like rough and tumble, rough housing, you know, like a bit of play wrestling, mm. that, you know, if I, if I knew you well enough, of course. But mm. that would be one way that I would start off my day of, of activity. Like, hey, 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 you know, mm. you know what? I want to give you a fireman carry and, and run 100 meters with you, with you on my back, you know. Mm. That's the sort of stuff that I, that I would do if I meet people out, <laughs> mm. <laughs> out and about. Um, if I go to my local park, I see somebody jogging, I will chase the jogger. You know, not to the point where I would get arrested for harassment, (laughs) but you know, I see somebody a hundred meters ahead. I will, I will sprint at quite a pace until I'm fairly close to them. Mm -hmm. It makes it very interesting for me. You know, the thought of me running for say 60 minutes, steady state. Mm -hmm. I I mean, there is no, I I can have a million songs on my, on my phone, right? It's still too, I'd still get bored. There's never, there were never enough songs for me to listen to, for me to be running steady state for an hour, you know? So, so if I can interact with my environment instead, that's better. If I'm running, I see a bench. Okay. Let's see what I can do with the bench. Oh, there's a tree there. Let me climb the tree. Um, oh no, somebody's annoyed. I'm climbing a tree. Let me jump down. Um, (laughs) you know, so, so I, I'm still developing my philosophy, my approach, Mm -hmm. but the ideal for me would be that the whole world is my playground that no one can say to me you can't do that that would be the utopia Mm -hmm. that i can interact with my peers my friends and family with the world around me and that's my gym equipment Mm -hmm. and so by that having that approach it means i will always find opportunities to move Mm -hmm. because this the option of being sedentary it's only something that I, I do because I'm just too tired <laughs> because right, right. I've been so active. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah. like a kid who has this endless energy. One of the reasons they have endless energy is because that's more, whatever they're doing is more fun than yeah. sitting down doing nothing. Yeah. And unfortunately now kids have these amazing devices which seem to be more appealing to them. You know, oh, wow, look what I can do on this screen. Mm-hmm. And they've forgotten about how beautiful and amazing the world is around them. And parents enable that many times because we're scared to let our kids go out and play like many of us did as, as youngsters. Yeah. So I'm not sure how we're going to shift from the world we're, we're at now, um, which is only going to become, we're only going to become more sedentary if we stay on this, on this path. Yeah. 
Um, and then people who exercise will be just seen as, as even more crazy, you know, like, Oh my gosh, those crazy people who are sweating. Why would you want to sweat? You know, why would you want to get out of breath? (laughs) Like it's yeah, that, that will happen. I'm sure within my lifetime of people going, Hey, look, just take this pill. It gives you the benefits of exercise. You know, just (laughs) don't worry about why would you want to, why would you want to sweat? Why would you want to get out of breath? Why would you want to feel your heart rate elevating? Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, no, it, it's good for us to move. It's good for us to be able to maintain function and independence. Mm-hmm. It's good for us to have fun with other human beings, which isn't you know, just virtual. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah, movement's really important. And I, and I feel that it's underrepresented at times. For in sure. the in the health community sure. um have you have you got have you gotten into <laughs> have you gotten into any trouble like uh you mentioned running after joggers and such or climbing trees have <laughs> <laughs> you had any kind of interesting stories where you get into trouble with that um yeah i do remember once what in my local park which i would regard as my as my gym or my playground and uh i'd be having groups hosting group sessions and, you know, sometimes we'd be like, we'd be like crawling on the ground or climbing trees and the park police would sometimes, you know, I, you could see them taking notes, you know, and they'd be radioing going, oh my, we, we can see some adults uh, <laughs> climbing trees or crawling on the ground. Yeah. And then when they had the, when they decided, you know, enough's enough, you, we've seen what you've been doing for a while, they, they come up and have a chat and they say, oh, so what, um, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're just we're just training, you know, we're playing around, you know, what, 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 are you, what are you training for? Are you doing some sort of event like crawling event? Uh, you know, is there like a sponsored crawling charity event? No, no, no. We're just crawling because it's just something to do. Okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. But why, so why are you climbing trees? You know, like it's, mm. it's not allowed. Why isn't it allowed? Because, oh, you could be, you could be endangering the trees. You know, it's like, mm. hold on a second. This oak tree has been dead for probably about a hundred years. <laughs> you know, it's as solid as a rock. It is not complaining about its climbing on this tree, and this tree will be here for far longer than, than you or I. You know, yeah. so it, it it becomes almost sarcastic when you're having these conversations with people who are trying to discourage you from being active. Um, you know, like running is okay, jogging is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't damage the pavement, but crawling does. So I've had right. that as well. You know, oh, you're crawling on the ground, you're damaging the the the, the surface of the of the concrete. Like, mm. uh, um, really? <laughs> <laughs> what if I was running? Was is that okay? Yes, running's fine because it's only two feet, whereas <laughs> you've got four limbs on the ground. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff. You're like, is this a, what a surreal conversation I'm having? Exactly. So, um, unfortunately, now many parks are local councils are starting to charge personal trainers for using parks Mm. um and 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 charging a lot of money so i think it's even gonna it's even gonna start becoming difficult to have boot camp sessions in parks because you know Mm. it's a struggle to get people to be active anyway Mm -hmm. you're trying to encourage them to be active as a as a as a country um but then you're saying actually let's make it more difficult because we can start (laughs) charging money for people playing in the park you know people working out in the park so uh, yeah it's a pretty bleak future mm. i feel if if we're discouraging people you know yeah. another example uh the um, the underground system in london the the, the tube mm. there are all these signs now 
telling people not to use the stairs. You know, it's dangerous. <laughs> only use in an emergency. Wow. Um, they have these audio kind of tannoy saying, you know, be careful. I've, I've taken the stairs sometimes and I've had security or like the over the loudspeaker system saying, you know, excuse me, sir. Um, there are 15 flights of stairs and, uh, you know, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, I, we reckon you should take take the lift <laughs> wow. um, like <laughs> wow. I, I, I reckon I can take the stairs without a problem so, so yeah they're discouraging people Crazy. Um, and of course some people shouldn't take the stairs right some people you know may have difficulty walking but most of us are capable of doing it mm-hmm. and, and if we can you know we should because <laughs> the time will come where you won't be able to take the stairs and you'll be thinking why didn't I take the stairs when I could you know, why did I, you know, not appreciate what my body was capable of doing? Yeah. And of and course, now many there's, 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 there's going to be a time when the escalator is not going to work either. So <laughs> then you have oh, to... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even this weekend, right? Another funny story. This weekend, Covent Garden is 15 flights of stairs. It's about 200 steps, mm-hmm. right? It's very, very crowded. Very difficult to move. So there are four, four lifts right four elevators and you can see the crowds you know queuing up for the elevators and a lot few people go you know what we're going to be waiting for too long let's take the stairs <laughs> <laughs> the amount of people who walk about five meters they see how many stairs there are and they turn back <laughs> or people who take maybe 10 or 15 stairs yeah. and you know they get out of breath and they're like oh why did we do this i'm regretting this let's go back down it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Wow. And, and, and a lot of these people are really young. I mean, I'm not talking, you know, you can understand some people would really struggle with that, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some people who look really young, fit and healthy. And the thought of doing another few steps is just too much for them. Mm-hmm. They would rather wait for a few minutes than, than walk for two or three minutes up some stairs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's, for me, it's shocking. I mean, I, I almost want to laugh at, at, at it, but it's not funny, really. It's, it's quite depressing mm-hmm. um, that people feel that it's just too uncomfortable. You know, yeah. well, I'm too good for stairs. You know, like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm in the 21st century. Why would I take the stairs? You know? Yeah, that's crazy. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sad story. Yeah. And it kind of, kind of goes back to show of how distanced we are from our bodies and how distanced we are from the movement that uh, we used to do and uh, like what kind of a environment we're creating around us as well. So it's kind of, kind of sad, so to say. It is, it is very sad. And, and um, I mean, I'm sure you've, have you seen the movie Wally? Yeah. Yeah. Seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's set in like uh, 2700, I think it's set, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of that film, which is very much, yeah. you know, we can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even even, so, in, even in like supermarkets, you you have like these people, like yeah, they may be like old or they may be overweight, but they're like driving these uh, trolleys or whatever these carts mm-hmm. are, these and putting the foods into their uh, carts. Whereas like if they're not able to walk, even then uh, you know they should you know pay pay more attention to like what kind of foods they're putting into their bodies and uh, what kind of movement they're doing instead of like oh for sure taking the easy way out, so to say. Yes, but I mean even that. Those mobility scooters, right? Mm-hmm. Most people are walking into the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So like I was in the US recently, you know, big shopping mall. And even if people are driving a car, 
they have to walk the, 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 the shortest distance from the car park to the supermarket is going to be 30 meters or so. So people will walk from their car 30 meters to the, to the supermarket entrance. Mm -hmm. Then they get into the mobility scooter. So you're like, you can walk, you know I mean? You weren't struggling to get <laughs> to the supermarket, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But as soon as you see this scooter, you're like, oh, wow, this is great. I can just sit in, sit back, drive at one mile an hour, you know, kilometer and a half an hour, mm -hmm. load my trolley with foods, which are not healthy for sure. And um, it's very sad to see that that's becoming more normal. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the one thing that I saw was a, a lady who was probably about 30 years old who, who, who had, you know, was with obesity and her young kids, less than 10, you know, like seven, nine years old, mm -hmm. who were also really overweight. And the mother was in, in this kind of cart and, and, you know, they were getting all these foods. And I was just like, this is just so, like, it's just so sad to witness, to witness this. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the children are, they're, they're within that environment and they, they, they don't know anything else. And, and the foods that they're, they're choosing, they feel that that's what they should be eating, right? Their, their parents are buying these foods and, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's really quite sad. And I, I don't want to sound judgmental at all, but I just felt helpless. Like there were so many people who just aren't aware of how dangerous those food choices are, how dangerous it is to not be walking, you know, to be yeah. so sedentary all of the time. Um, and of course we, we prize convenience, right? Mm -hmm. We do, we would rather take a shortcut if we could, mm -hmm. but some of these shortcuts are really harmful to, to our health. Yeah, like uh, that's what that's why I think like uh, you 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 can like implement these different you know rules to your day where you kind of in incorporate more movement like like taking the stairs and uh, walking longer and uh, I don't know using a standing desk and uh, doing some sort of a movement breaks throughout the entire day to kind of add more physical movement into the day and stay active and also like not make it that. You don't have to kind of then in in that case then you don't necessarily have to be going to the gym and running for like an hour straight on a treadmill mm -hmm. or whatever it is like you can if, if you if you have like low intensity physical movement throughout the day already then you don't have to be grinding yourself at the gym all the time to kind of burn off the calories so to say yeah that's a, I mean that's a really good point you know because sometimes if you leave the gym to the end of the day mm -hmm. then you might just run out of time yeah you know you might have more important things to do. So if you're sedentary all day working, working hard, and then you go, oh, it's great. I've got an hour to, this evening to go to the gym. Then you get home and you go, oh, I'm a bit tired. Then you think, okay, I need to pack my gym bag. Then you, need to, yeah. then you need to drive to the gym and then you need to get changed. And then, you know, so that the thought of doing all those things, hmm. sometimes you'll go, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And you'll put it off. Whereas yeah. if, you, if you had those movement snacks throughout your day, and I, and I don't, it's not just about low intensity. I think you've got to have some, yeah. some bursts of higher intensity, you know, like climbing the stairs, you know, climbing the stairs is not really low intensity. Most people after a few flights, you know, you're getting out of breath, you feel the burn in your legs. I mean, that, that kind of happens. Mm. So if you get a few of those brief movements, those brief bursts, then I think you're, you're adding even more beneficial movement to, to your day. So yeah, we should be having lo lots of that low intensity 
movement. Um, but I think we should also be having those bursts every now and again mm -hmm. where you feel alive, you know, like you take some stairs and you're like, whoo, you know, that, that feeling you get at the end, you're like, whoo, why was that so difficult? You know, like, <laughs> what, what the heck? It was only like five flights of stairs and I'm getting a bit out of breath. That's a beautiful thing to feel because your blood's rushing around, you, you, you're, you're taking in more oxygen, you know, yeah. you know, you feel alive, like, wow, I can do this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what, if I'm the only person taking the stairs, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's more, more, more stairs for me, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, no people blocking your way, so to yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> because if everyone starts to take the stairs, then it's again too crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. So, but you know, we both know that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. always going to be a minority sport. Exactly. And now are people taking the people taking the stairs. Yeah. Um, there probably who knows there'll probably be an Olympic event in about eighty years of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of like stair climbing yeah. or something. Don't you know the you other, heard it here first. They're like they're like eighty percent of the Olympic sports will be like esports or something uh, virtual reality related, and then there's like the twenty percent like climbing the stairs and <laughs> yeah 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 vacuuming. You know, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. things, things that are so rare that people have to watch you do them. Like, oh my goodness, did you see that guy spend 60 seconds walking, walking the stairs? <laughs> like, wow, it's yeah. so impressive. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little bit facetious, but, but you can imagine, I don't know, if, the, if this continues, this decline of physical activity, people are going to be in amazement thinking, you know, did you actually walk for 10 minutes today? Yeah. Like, oh my good. I mean, that's yeah. been, that's unheard of. That's you know, good. my grandparents used to do that back in 2018, you know, yeah. like, you know, um, yeah, like it's like the hunt. It's said that the hunter gatherers usually walk maybe like 20,000 steps a day or something like that. And most people, uh, let's say a person who isn't walking anywhere, they only may be walking from, from their mall to the car or their, from their work mm. to the car and back into the couch and such, then they may end up only with like maybe 5,000 steps or something at maximum. And mm -hmm. yeah, like it's, it's really like really missing out on a bunch of these low intensity activities and missing out on like general blood flow and uh, other other improvements of the movement as well so yeah like people aren't even aware of how little they actually walk and if they were to be using some you know step counters or something like that then they would you know be amazed uh, that you know mm. I, I should actually you know pay more focus on that yeah and, and i suppose we need to add you know like it's it's not just about um kind of like uh health benefits which are just up in in the ether somewhere you know, mm. the research tells us the benefits are immediate. You know, mm. we have improvements in insulin sensitivity yeah. right away. You know, we don't have to wait for years to have those benefits. You mm. exercise, you're more insulin sensitive for the next 28 to 72 hours. Mm. You know, you have better blood glucose control immediately. There's a reduction in stress immediately. You improve your ability to, to use your respiratory system. You know, you, you're yeah. better able to breathe. You're better able to improve your mood. Uh, you know, you, you have cognitive benefits for mental health as well as reduction in cognitive decline. So there are all of these benefits that occur from the first dose of physical activity. And it only gets better the more you do. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's a point, you know, where we can do too much, mm -hmm. but that's definitely a, a rarity, right? So mm -hmm. for most of us, doing something is better than doing nothing. And finding that sweet spot 
whereby you're breaking up sedentary time and you're going through lower intensity, moderate, vigorous, sometimes, you know, high intensity if you're able to do so, you know, making sure you're doing some strength and resistance training because we need to be able to manipulate objects, not just ourselves, mm -hmm. um, to work on coordination and agility and balance. You know, mm -hmm. by working on all these things, you become more robust as a human, mm -hmm. more, hum you know, more healthy as a human. Yeah. physically and mentally exactly. so yeah it's not just about the physically getting into shape it isn't just about improvement in function uh it's what our physiology our physiology benefits and yeah. some of the things that we are using say food or sleep hygiene or, or supplementation for all these hacks that we we're, we're looking to improve our health it's incredible how many of those could be replaced just by just through movement of the right type of movement right. could give you all of those benefits and more. You know, there are some things you can only get through contracting muscle, through working your heart and lungs. You know, a heart is a muscle too, right? It isn't just a, a you know, a pump full of valves, just kind of not doing it much at all. Mm -hmm. It's doing a lot of work, right? right. <laughs> and so we want to make our heart um, do its job far easier by actually overloading it every now and again. Um, so it makes everything easier for us. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's, where, uh, it's a where powerful would, medicine. Where, where would people like start off uh, if they do want to incorporate more movement into their life uh, for like general health and play and such? Like what kind of, maybe like a kind of a structure they would uh, want to aim for? Um, well, I would say... I would say start off by avoiding convenience. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. um, take the more difficult option when you're out and about. So in other words, if you're sitting down, you know, stand up more often. If you're taking a phone call, stand up and take the phone call. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be taking public transport, maybe walk a stop or two before you take the public transport. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to be going to your local shop, maybe you don't need to take your car for a five minute drive, maybe take a 15 minute walk instead. You know, so that was, that would be the first thing, avoid convenience, because if you do that, you'll get, you'll get so many, so much more movement into your day just by avoiding convenience. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, I would say, make sure that you're finding opportunities, which means you're doing as many movement patterns as possible. So, you're engaging in as a wide array of activities as possible. Mm -hmm. It means if you do that, it means you're less likely to be injured because there's going to be less repetitive stress. You know, you're not doing the same thing all the time. You're, more, you're less likely to be bored uh, because it's easier to motivate yourself if you have more choices and options available to you. And thirdly, it's more human. You know, we're supposed to be generalists of movement, not specialists. Mm -hmm. And this generalism gives us uh, full body benefits muscular benefits as well as mental benefits that's mm -hmm. the second point and the third point is just remember um with all of the health choices that that you're implementing which don't involve movement so if you're get, having a really healthful diet because you want to reduce inflammation because you want to improve blood sugar regulation because you want to you know improve your body composition say if that's your top three issues well, movement will only improve all of those three significantly, right? Um, if you're thinking, okay, I want better quality sleep, 
because you know that's a problem for me movement will enable you to have better quality sleep you're less likely to have sleep disorders if you have movement in your day especially if you start off your day with movement mm-hmm. uh thirdly there was a third point i wanted to mention um uh, yeah if you're trying to take if you're taking supplement supplements to optimize what you can get out of your food movement better enables you to digest the food you're taking on board it enables you to get more nutrients from the food you're taking on board because your body has a higher demand for repair of tissues for ability to to rebuild itself so your brain and your body benefits from the movement you do based on what you're getting from other sources like inter- interventions like food Mm-hmm. So I would say it's almost like the, the perfect um, umbrella for all the other things that you're doing in your health journey. And if you looked at movement in that way, it would be more prioritized. People would go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize. I thought this was just about muscles or leaning out. Actually, no. All of us benefits, all of our physiology benefits from movement. Um, and I'm going to be controversial now. And I'm going to say, I would even say, that it's more important. The research tells us that it's even more important than food mm. because, uh, you know, pretty much yeah. all of our physiology benefits from, from, from movement. Yeah. And if you don't move, we literally shut ourselves down. Our brain goes into idle mode. Mm. Our muscles go into idle mode. Uh, literally, we're almost in a state of hibernation if we don't, if we don't move. And once we start moving, everything just switches on. And so the cho- choices we make post-movement um, only kind of endorse what we should be doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Move better, you know, make better food choices, think about your relationship with night and day, think about your, the, the toxins that you're surrounded by and minimizing, minimizing mm-hmm. those. Think about the health behaviors that you can also adopt in life. So movement, I believe, is one of the best gateways to improving your health controversial but hey sometimes we need controversy yeah (laughs) yeah it is so true so to say that movement is the essence of life so to say if if you're stagnant if you're not moving or say like even in nature uh like water it goes if it if it doesn't have like the constant in and in and outflow of all, all the fresh water and such then it becomes you know stale and stagnant and you know yes. it, it, it dies off so to say so movement is kind of a awesome awesome uh, metaphor for life as well and keep keep going and keep growing as an individual so to say yes yes that's a that's a very good it's a great metaphor and i think it's a chinese proverb about you know like that's gonna st- stagnant water yeah. if it's still it be stagnant and and you know all life forms are based on movement like plants and animals movement is a significant component of how we survive Mm -hmm. and as humans we sometimes uh betray our relationship with nature you know we believe we're above nature but no we are nature nature and us are one and if you recognize that fact then we would see that movement and motility is extremely extremely important Um, it's not just to get us from a to b but it's it's all aspects of our of our survival even the youngest of children you know think about the think about the start of a child into this world their journey is movement you know through the birth canal you know like when they cry you know when they when they first take their air in and they start to cry you know and their lungs taking air for the first time you know it's movement is 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 
is all important. Conception. I mean, you know, it, 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 every, everything about us mm. is, is movement, right? <laughs> so, so from the earliest point of life is, is movement. And, um, and if we don't move, we, we are slowly dying. Exactly. I mean, that's, the, that's the reality. So, so movement is extremely important. Yeah. So, so move more <laughs> for people to take away. Yes, move more. Not in, not just because it burns more calories. I don't mean it in that in that sense, but move more because you will feel better. Mm. Uh, it will improve your health, um, and um, just play. make sure you're moving at the right time and play more as well. Yes, yeah. move more and play more. <laughs> yeah that's a good good uh, note to end the podcast uh, as well and i really enjoyed talking with you before before i ask my last question uh, where can people learn more about you and your work so the best place is probably my blog which is called primalplay.com and uh, if you like to to read in book form my last book uh, released in april 2018 uh, is called animal moves And um, if you want something a little bit more tactile, then I, I just released recently released a, a game uh, called the Animal Moves Deck, mm-hmm. which allows you to explore, you know, a, a very fun and dynamic way, spontaneous way of, of movement too. Mm-hmm. So those are the best places. And if you're social media, uh, if you love social media, my my kind of pseudonym is at Fitness Explorer. Mm-hmm. on instagram and and twitter and and the like um or you could just search google for for daryl edwards d-a-r-r-y-l edwards if you really don't have anything better to do <laughs> then to yeah. search for me on google <laughs> sounds good uh, uh and my last question is uh what's this one piece of advice or a habit that you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind uh, i wish i spent more time moving mm. you know uh when i you know when I was working as a computer programmer and I was sat at my desk and felt that I wasn't suffering any ill health consequences, I wish I did move more. Mm. I wish somebody would have spoken to me in my early twenties and said, Daryl, it's not good for you just to be sitting down all day. Um, um, Because I would have, yeah, I would have been healthier. I would have had less health problems, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing now. Mm. So, so everything, I, everything, yeah. <laughs> everything is a blessing in other guys. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. So maybe I wish I had, had encountered that advice sooner mm. um, and been able to maintain that until the present day would mm. be, would be the, the advice I would have given to myself. Mm. Well, that's good advice. And uh, yeah, people definitely, <laughs> we're going to have to have more people now r- climbing, the, climbing the stairs and uh, doing more movements in the parks. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah, that's a good a plan. worldwide movement of movement. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's been great talking with you, Daryl, and I uh, hope to see you in the future sometime again. For sure. It's been a great podcast. Thanks very much for hosting. And uh, I look forward to meeting you again. All right. I'll see you around. Take care. That's it for this episode of the Body, Mind and Power podcast. If you want to support us, then I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on the iTunes or the other social media platforms. Definitely check out the show notes for the topics that we discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.